When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to CHGO Bears After Dark, presented by DraftKings. Make sure you use the code CHGO when you sign up. It uh, wouldn't be a Bears After Dark or a CHGO Bears if we didn't start a minute or two late. So anybody throwing the, the loafs on me in the chat, uh, they are on me. Oh, no. TTNL's here, so we're going to get blamed for that, I'm sure. <laughs> I'll, I'm happy to throw you under the bus. I mean, it's never my fault. I think we've learned that through our years of getting to know each other. But uh, getting to know these Chicago bears, man, it's been what it was 392 days before yeah. we had a uh, victory at home. It was over a year since the last time we've had a victory Monday because you know, the new England game was on a Monday. So that was a victory Tuesday. And uh, obviously our win on Thursday night, that's a victory Friday. So we actually got a victory Monday this time around. But then the other thing that we've had that we've had so many times in this city is our newfound quarterback controversy. And maybe it's not, but at the end of the day, I'm always somebody that takes a pulse of the fan base. And I know you do too. Uh, We're very invested in the Chicago bears, not just people that cover the team, but as fans of this team, our entire lives. And it seems like time is a flat circle here in Chicago. And whether it's Rex is our quarterback with Kyle Orton or Josh McCown trying to upend Jay Cutler and then, Mitch Trubisky and Nick Foles. And now we, now we've met our maker with Justin Fields and in a division two, you know, quarterback out of shepherd university and Tyson Bajan. If that doesn't encapsulate everything that is the Chicago bears, when it comes to quarterback controversies, I don't know what does. Yeah, man. You and I talked a little bit about it pre-show. It's just the thing that I hate to see is there's a clear division in Chicago bears, you know, social media on Twitter or X, whatever you want to call it, but just fans in general. And the end of the day is we should all be happy that we have Justin Fields and Tyson Bajan. They should be very, very happy. And there's, I'm never going to sit back and say, if I'm a Justin Fields fan that I want Tyson Bajan to fail or vice versa. Right. If you're a bears fan, it is nothing but good news. If both of these guys play well, that's exactly what you want. It's, it goes back to the NFL draft. I, I have to laugh at the people that want to do their victory lap if Caleb Williams doesn't play well. I'm like, what are you do? You're only hurting the team that you're rooting for right. in the Bears. You want Caleb Williams to go out there and ball out. Even if you don't draft him, it's going to help your position in the draft in terms of value. Yep. So people seem to be lost because we've never had success at that position, especially. And we, there's just no consistency there as a franchise. So people have drawn their lines in the sand and they're 
anti-Bajent, pro-Bajent, anti Well, even, even ant, it's turning into anti-Caleb Williams just oh, out of, you know, man. he's catching strays now because of how invested we are emotionally in Justin Fields. And and I, I get it from Bears fans' perspective. I mean, we I don't think any of us thought when we all, I mean, we all booed the moment we picked Mitch Trubisky. That oh, was a consensus yeah. booing across Chicago Bears nation. And when we drafted Justin Fields, it was one of the greatest moments for a fan ever. You know, it, if you were born after 1989. It united the fan base, Greg, and the Bears promptly lost all of that momentum The first that when he started in Cleveland. Their, can I swear on here? Yes, you can. Yeah, so their philosophy, their blueprint was let's, we'll get him in, you know, Cleveland, and we're not going to worry about it. We'll get, he can have, get the shit kicked out of him. And that's how we're going to proceed that that's the Chicago bear way. And the fans should unite and the fans should be praising Justin Fields when he has a good game. They should be praising Tyson Bajant when he has a, a good game. And I mean, we can get into the, the, the nuts and bolts of that, but this isn't, this should not be an either or right now. We're nowhere near right. there. And you know how it is though. I mean, that's, that's just fans in general. And even the ones that try to stay level-headed, my guy, Gary Ross, there is no, he put in the chat earlier. There is no controversy. If you understand football at the end of the day, you can be as drilled down as, as far as knowing the game and understanding the game and still in the back of your head, you're thinking about how this is going to play out. Cause 100%. there's a few different scenarios. Uh, but I will say, cause uh, somebody else brought it up in the chat uh, that you were on the record when, when Tyson Bajan was yeah. available in the draft, there's a good clip out there. I've seen float around the night of the third round, you know, when we're all exhausted after all the, you know, the night of the, the final round of the draft, seventh round it's coming around. But I, I couldn't, if you paid me a million dollars, I couldn't name you half the players that are coming out. And we were, we were on our eighth hour of live coverage for that day. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. Shane Marsov, for those of you that don't know who's on today, because of course the other thing I didn't do, because I'm so used to doing shows with Shane uh, for the last five years that I didn't introduce our guests. And this is Shane Marsov from the tape never lies network who does a great job and one of the more passionate bears fans I've ever met and has become a good friend of mine. And he was gracious enough to come on short notice and, and hang out with me here tonight. But you did, you called Tyson Bajent before the bears drafted him because something that we've been harping on for a right. long time, draft the damn developmental quarterback. And they finally did it. Every, yeah. It's like they might've hit on one, not in the sense that he's going to be some star, that they have something that they can develop at the quarterback position. Listen, when you're looking that late in the draft, you want to find something that is enticing. You know, you can go back to the the Dan Lefevers and the you remember that Chris Leak was an undrafted free agent in Chicago at one point. You you need to find something that you can just there's something there. And the Bears rarely do Ryan Pace said, Oh yeah. I want to draft a guy every year at the position. It doesn't matter where now every single year, I think is probably a little bit crazy, but just to not he didn't do it any, do any it years. at all <laughs> right. yeah, is a big issue. But yeah, I was a, a fan of Tyson Bajan. And this is the, this is another volcano that we get ready to step into. Greg is, Part of being a fan, obviously short for fanatic, is P 
people, there's no in between. Right. Either Justin Fields is going to be as good as Patrick Mahomes or he's the next Jamarcus Russell. There's no in between. It's the same thing with Tyson Bajan. Tyson Bajan went out there and did what he was supposed to do. Did he light the world on fire? Absolutely not. He's also a Division II quarterback, undrafted free agent, making his first career start under pretty intense situation, all things considered, with everything on the line for Justin Fields, with the Bears being one and five, yep. having a long losing streak at home. I was excited to see the kid. Does it, and I know people, oh, he's the next Brock Purdy. It doesn't mean that. He just needs to be good. Same thing with, with Justin. When we saw him have his game versus the commanders, everybody's like, all right, we need him to stack another one. Problem is, it's not just Justin. This coaching staff, you can put part of the front office in there too, is completely inept. Is Justin Fields the number one issue in Chicago? No. Is he the number two problem in Chicago? No. Does he have some warts that he needs to work on? On his side, 100%. And that does not make him a bad quarterback. It doesn't make him a shitty quarterback. And it also doesn't make him Patrick Mahomes. There's got to be a middle ground if you're a Bears fan that people can figure out. There's, It's not in the penthouse or the outhouse. And that's where we are right now. Tyson yep. Bajant sucks because I love Justin. Justin is Patrick Mahomes and Tyson Bajant is the next Brock Purdy. Yeah. Neither I mean, I, are true. And I, and I, I'm guilty of this. I mean, I, I live in the extremes. I don't know. And it's not out of purpose. Like it's not out of trying to get clicks on these shows. This is how I've always been. I, I wear my emotions on my sleeve, not just with football in life. And so it is, an emotional roller coaster, especially following the Chicago Bears, all Chicago sports teams for that matter, but especially the Chicago Bears, because we're just looking for any slimmer of hope. And that's why we always get in trouble in the offseason, because that's where hope floats and it it floats way too high. And then our 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 ship gets sunk pretty much week one every year. But uh, it's not, it's not that don't you just wish it was from the players not doing not saying that they're not you know, part of the issue, there's an execute, there's an execution part of this that they have to hold up on. But Greg, you, you've been around this. Where is your confidence level in Luke Getze and Matt Eberflus, the leaders of both sides of the ball for us with me? There's none, none at all. You can give Matt Eberflus credit because the defense seem you can see a little bit of light there and they are improving but to me that could very well mean that he's just a good defensive coordinator right and that's again it doesn't mean that he can't coach in the league he can be a defensive coordinator for the next 15 years he should not be the head coach of the chicago bears moving forward nor should luke getze be here moving forward right because with matt eberflus i agree with you i think it's it's I think it's apparent that he is a good defensive coordinator, but hasn't proven that he's a good head coach. Right. And I think he proved that with how he handled the chase Claypool situation. 100%. That was embarrassing, you know, for him. 
And then, you know, also just the way he handles these pressers after every game. And I know draft Dr. Phil, your guy, your co-host, my friend, he, he harps on this every year. He cannot stand coaches that go to the podium after a game and, and start out with the positives after you got your teeth kicked in. And I, and I agree with him. And that's the other part of the red flag when it comes to Matt Eberflus. Is he a good leader of men? You know, because the way you handle Chase Claypool, the way you always try to sugarcoat things, these are grown men. They can handle the criticism. And, you know, it is a media game you have to play nowadays, especially with social media. You got outlets like us putting, you know, different clips out there, different graphics that say what, you know, Justin Fields said one day or Matt Eberflu says the next day, and then fans take right. it and run with it. So I understand being guarded in front of the podium for sure. But at the same time, he hasn't proven the head coaching aspect defensively. I think they have turned a corner. Now, Luke Getze, it's like the same thing. What did he prove here in this last game without Justin Fields? He proved that he is this the system he wants to run because I made the observation at camp. The one critical observation I made other than my, you know, uh, predictable hype train that I have almost every camp, especially if a team has any semblance of hope coming into a season was that they weren't throwing the ball downfield. Everything right. was check downs and underneath and quick outs and slants. And I was like, okay, that's great. But where are the deep balls? I've never been to a camp in my life and never seen this much of an absence in the downfield throwing. And I got, I literally, I got, that's what makes you, know, you that's what makes you a fucking I got, meatball. I got raked against the coals for that. And now it, it, you get into the season. It starts to show its face early on. Then they adjust to Justin Fields. And now with Tyson Bajan coming in, it, it's almost like they went back to what Luke Getzey wants to do. Stretch the field horizontally, run the ball up the middle. But, and that's, but, and that's hold but, on, hold on. There's a huge but there though, Greg. I'll let you get to it because okay. here, here's the thing that is my observation on it. Okay, this is the system you want to run, Luke Getzey but you haven't proven you can run a system outside of what you want to run. And this is what we ran into with Matt Nagy. He only knew one way to run an offense and that's not good enough. When you're an offensive coordinator, you have to know how to get the most out of the players you have you're working with. Right. Your guy, Patrick Finley asked yes. a question and press the other friend, day. Yes. Patrick Finley. He asked Matt Eberflus, how does your game planning change when Tyson Bajant is your quarterback that you're game planning with. And what was his answer? We have to play to the strengths of the quarterback. Well, you're lying, right? You're lying. You don't do it consistently at all. And I mean, come on, Greg, just like little things. Uh, Nathan Peterman, we put him in there because he's got a huge arm. No, he doesn't. He doesn't have a huge arm. He's making up things on the fly. And this is the one thing that kind of surprises me quite a bit with Matt Eberflus. He gets lost in his words and he gets in that quicksand. He doesn't know how to get out. And he just says shit that he shouldn't say. And it ends up just being a bold faced lie. Like he did with Chase Claypool. Right. You know, he's like, you're catching your kid with his hand in the cookie. Well, and, yard. And, and the Alan Williams thing. Absolutely. All of it. And what is the problem? Oh, Luke Getze coming out and saying that Cody Whitehair is a complete stud. Stop with all of that nonsense. You're forcing out nonsense to the fan base, and we can see it with our own eyes. We're not, 
we're not there every day and we can still see it. It makes no sense. Luke Getze says that Cody Whitehair is a stud. Stop. He's not. We know that. Lucas, we're starting two 30-plus-year-old journeyman veterans that, guess what, won't be on this roster next year on our offensive line at one in five. Where does that happen? It happens in Chicago because your leader, your head coach, is a liar and doesn't want to hold a guy accountable publicly. He doesn't have to come out. And this is where I think Phil gets in trouble with some fans is he's always talking about, I need a guy that's maniacal. That doesn't mean that he's tipping the cooler over and he's screaming and, and telling the, the beat reporters, there, there's your IQ, buddy, like Ditka did. That's not what it is. It's every little detail matters. You, you're telling me that can you give your daughter tough love, Greg? You're damn yeah. right you can. Sometimes kids need it, and it's no different than Cody Whitehair. When you don't perform on the NFL field, then you should be held accountable. He could have got up there and said, you know what? Cody's been here a lot of years. He's done a lot of good things for us. His performance today was unacceptable. And I know that. And so does Cody. Exactly. And nothing would have happened. No, the players would respect that. Exactly. And players know. Did you see the response that Doris Fountain had about Justin Fields? Yep. Players are the first ones to know. Why would they get a different quarterback when it's not the quarterback that's the issue? That is a rocket sent into the lap of Matt Eberflus and to Luke Getze, 100%. Yeah, I I don't disagree. And now with every game they win, you know, this is the conundrum. We want them to win because we're Bears fans and we're sick of being miserable every Monday. And I know even on this Victory Monday pod, it might sound like we're miserable. Trust me, we're not. I think we're running into good problems when you talk about a developmental quarterback that's showing some promise, but it does create this scenario that if they continue to play well with these guys, that they're going to keep these coaches. And as of right now, you know, cause the other part of this equation that when it pertains to Justin Fields and what they're going to do with quarterback moving forward is the fact that they have the number one pick with the Carolina Panthers pick and the odds on that pick being a number one pick or the number two pick just went up dramatically yesterday because sure. lost in the weeds with the Chicago bears win was the fact that all these one win teams yeah. in the Broncos and the giants and the Patriots all won. So now there's only one team remaining in the Arizona Cardinals with one win. And, and everybody be, else they're going to be getting their quarterback. They're not saying that he's the savior, but he's a better quarterback, I feel like, than right. what they Kyler, have out there. Right. Kyler Murray's set to return. You know, so now, and oh, by the way, the Panthers and Cardinals both play the Bears uh this year. So that'll be interesting. And the Bears and get, have them both at home, I believe, right? Both at home and the they're they're as must-win games as there's ever been in Chicago Bears franchise yeah. history, regardless of what you want them to do with that Absolutely. pick. Absolutely. And so now that adds to the equation and if they are going to draft a quarterback at 1 or 2 depending on where their pick is, which they will for all the Bears fans that are waiting on pins and needles. I'm sorry to have to break this to you at this point, especially if the season ended today, that's the move they're making. I'll leave open the, I'm always going to keep my own, my mind open to any possibility, any scenario, but the most likely scenario right now is that they're drafting quarterback at one or two. If that's where 
the Panthers pick is. So in that regard, the conundrum with them winning games is that you're going to roll Matt Eberflus and Luke Getze into potentially a new quarterback, which can't do it to your point. Exactly. You can't do it. I, I don't know about you, Shane, because I know how Phil feels about it. I know you're like, I'm a big meatball. You're not, you're not a meatball. You know, you're, you're, you look at the game in a much more balanced approach, but I, you know, me and Phil have been harping on Jim Harbaugh for years. Oh, and now I'm, with the Michigan, you know, scandal stuff coming mm -hmm. out, I'm begging for Jim Harbaugh and Greg Roman as the offensive coordinator. Of the he's the, my, yeah, he's far and away my number one option. And again, there's warts there, but I like the fact that he, when he comes to Hallis hall, he knows where the bodies are buried. He knows he's got enough cachet and enough power. If he takes the job that he can tell George McCaskey, just stay out of the way. And I'm not saying that George is dictating what's going on, but he's also a part of the overall here. And that that's the problem. The interesting thing is going to be Greg is does he want to come in to a situation where he's going to clearly have power, but he's also not a 40 year old coach. Does he look at the situation and say, you know what? I don't want a rookie quarterback. I look at Justin Fields and I know that Justin's got his warts, but that's why you're bringing me here. Right. You're going to, you're counting on me to unlock him so that that's, and then, then if that was the case, then it becomes a financial issue because you're obviously going to have to make a financial commitment to Justin Fields. That's going to start at 45 million plus at this point. Cause he's not going to take, he's not going to take less than what Daniel Jones got. And I know you don't have to pay him yet. I understand that. Right. You can give him a fifth year option. The thing that I always try to point out to bears fans is at some point, Justin Fields would start holding out. Right. Oh yeah. Well, players don't want to play under the fifth year option, especially a quarterback. I was just looking, if you want to highlight this thing from Gary Ross saying that polls won't give the power to Harbaugh, Ryan polls is a non-factor. Doesn't matter. There's a guy above Ryan polls. That's got more power. And that's na his name is Kevin Warren. If and Kevin Warren, and he has a relationship if, potentially with Jim Harbaugh. If Kevin Warren wants Jim Harbaugh and Jim Harbaugh says, I want to come here and buy my own groceries. Guess what? Ryan Poles won't be here. I don't think it's going to get to that. I think that Jim Harbaugh it wants to come into this situation and it is his dream job, no matter what anybody says it's his dream job. I think he wants to come into this situation and he wants to win. Greg, if he wins in Chicago, just like if Justin Fields wins in Chicago, Tyson Bajant, Caleb Williams, Drake may, whoever you're talking about Jordan. And then you're talking about the quarterback of the Chicago bears right. that won. That's that is the Mount Everest. You know, that's the, or the Mount Rushmore, I should say, but no, to me, it's clearly Jim Harbaugh and a name that, probably isn't going to excite a lot of bears fans, but that's going to be high on my list because of his experience within the NFL, but not as a head head coach. I think Josh McCown has to be very high on your list because Interesting. he's quarterback centric. He's been in the league. He's been a coach in the league. He's wildly respected. Everybody down the, the big, it's not even a rumor at this point that, Tepper made the quarterback decision in Carolina 
yep. with the head coach and the GM and the quarterback coach wanted CJ Stroud. Yeah, there was a video breakdown of Josh McCown, you know, gushing yeah. over CJ Stroud. I'm, I remember sharing that, or we shared that uh, across each other during the offseason. Yeah. And when Tepper went to Tuscaloosa to meet with um, Saban, the whole crew from Carolina was there. And when he walked into the office with Saban, the door was closed behind David Tepper. <laughs> And that, that, that's again, that is when you draft, you end up drafting Mitch Trubisky. Yep. When things like that happen, you cannot tell everybody that you're doing your due diligence, that you're turning over. And you're going to a steakhouse and you're not telling John Fox about it. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And I mean, we, we were all wrong. We were all wrong. Then We, we, nobody here had any clue that Patrick Mahomes was the bears number two far and away. But unfortunately they just had Mitch number one by a long shot that's that's what they did but there's so many different avenues that this can go greg yep but honestly i i i want carolina to lose and i want the bears to go out there and start playing good football and i i know the bad stuff that comes with that but i i unfortunately i have to have faith in not even Ryan Poles, but in Kevin Warren, that he's going to see through all of this because he's there every day. And I do have my, listen, I, I don't know Kevin Warren. I've never met Kevin Warren. I'm friends with somebody that's extremely close to Kevin Warren. That's on our network and yep. says that he's an, if he's like, if you have questions and if you want to know that Kevin Warren, if he's a no nonsense guy, he's absolutely no nonsense. And if he has to drop the hammer, He's going to drop the hammer and he doesn't care who's and, in the way. And he's been awfully quiet through all this. You know, I, I thought he maybe showed his... up into the locker room when they blew the game against Denver and he didn't talk to anybody, but thank the reporters that were in the locker room. And then he went over to his cart and he left. Yep. And what Cause... happened? What happened the next week? They played their best football game of the year. You can walk into a room. You don't have to be the loudest guy but your presence can be felt. And when they know that you have all the juice in the organization, that can change things. That gets people's attention. The problem is you're defaulting to Luke Getze making the right decision, coming up with the the proper game plan. And that Matt Eberflus is the head of it all on the coaching staff, and he's co-signing it. That's why they're the number one and the number two problems within the organization and they, they, they should have no future here. So is there any scenario here? Because it sounds like Tyson Bajan's going to make his second straight start here against the chargers. Mm-hmm. It's still early in the week. Things can change. And I know a lot of fans even saying it here in the chat. Well, he, you know, he has improved. He can throw downfield. This is, you know, game manager strategy that playbooks extremely simplified for him and he's executing it props to him, but he's not, you know, a a major factor here and he's no threat to Justin Fields. And I can understand that point of view, but at the same time, momentum is a thing here in football. And, you know, yes, Justin Fields had a couple good games against Denver and Washington dynamic games, not just good dynamic games. He also started out very slowly against Minnesota before he got hurt. That's part of this. Like the first play. Like the very first play and Adam Hogue has really been, you know, like 
you know, uh, focus laser focusing in on that moment because it kind of encapsulates what's going on here. Mm -hmm. And that's probably when you talk about Justin Fields warts, his biggest wart is just not letting the ball go. Sometimes he sees it. He sees it in the moment. He sees it pre-snap. He understands the coverages. He can take you in a film room, but every once in a while, and maybe sometimes more than a one, more than once in a while, he freezes up in the moment, even though he's looking right at it. He needs to see it a little bit more. And that half a second, that full second and is there, the difference between a completed play and not. Therein lies the, 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 that's the billion dollar question, or let's say it's the $250 million question. Cause that's the going rate for a quarterback. Let's say, is that going to improve in year four, in year five, in year six, in year seven, is it going to improve? Because you want to know what? Justin Fields' number one flaw was coming into the draft is not that people say that he can't read a defense. He can read a defense. It's always been his processing speed. Not seeing it and throwing it. He's never been a great anticipatory thrower. There's those throws there. But you're right, Greg. The play that he got hurt on, 6.9 seconds. Right. DJ Moore was open on a curl route. Wide open. I mean, collegiate open. He didn't rip the ball. Right. And what happened? He got hurt. Your, your guy there, Adam Hogue, I think he said you guys were counting how many times he said throw it, and it was like yep. 11 times or something like that on that play or something. Every Bears fan is doing the same thing. That is not a Bears personnel issue. That is not a coaching issue. That is a wart for Justin Fields. See it, rip it. Yep. And you, it got worse because you got hurt. Throw the ball out of bounds if you have to. Live to fight another day. The worst thing that could have happened for Justin Fields this season was him exactly what happened. Him getting hurt. If then you don't get answers. But if when he's healthy, he's playing. You have to well, that, well, and that's where I was going is like, let in this scenario uh, that I'm going to draw up for you, or is there any scenario that you can come up with? You know, we can go to the most extremes. I know you don't love to live in the extremes, but you know, the chargers are obviously going to look at the tape. They're going to, you know, try to do whatever they can to take away what Tyson Bajant was doing. Well, if, Tyson Bajan and Luke Getze are able to counter, which Luke Getze hasn't proven he's been able to do is adjust. But if he does prove that with this quarterback this Sunday night against the chargers and leads them to their first two game winning streak in the Matt Eberflus era, mm -hmm. are we all of a sudden running into a, because I think we both understand it. You're shaking yeah. your head. No, that they're going to go back to Justin. Yeah, but then no, are we running into this? Rex not, is our quarterback. It's not Rex too, is our quarterback. Listen, it's in this is this tear off your shirt and put your meatball Island shirt on. That's what you just said to me is that right. it only takes two wins and it, I'm plotting the Super Bowl party. <laughs> it's more than two games. It's going to be more. Justin played two good games in a row and do it again. Do it a third time. Do it a fourth time. If Tyson Bajant is in for the next two weeks, Tyson Bajant has to play well, and it's no different than Justin. The problem, again, is 
I have zero faith that Luke Getze is going to do. Is he going to come out and and not get into twelve personnel? Right. When that is exactly what they should be doing for both quarterbacks, and we've all been banging the drum on that the entire off season. I mean, Greg, would you be shocked? Just be honest. Would you be shocked if they went out there and Tyson Bagent had thirty nine attempts? Because I wouldn't be shocked. No, that's. I how- mean, they and they might have to because it was as much as this was a tough environment last week for you know Tyson Bagent to walk into it. Also, they're you know playing the Raiders, playing Brian Hoare as a backup quarterback yep. instead of on the road against Justin Herbert, who. Yeah, he's, you know, you know, he's one of these lightning rod conversations as far as quarterback, but at the same time he can he can match, you know, Patrick Mahomes at times right. with, you know, his firepower. If they get into a shootout where they got to keep up, is Luke Getzey going to have the discipline to try to stick to whatever game plan works or is he no. going to go off the reservation and throw it 40 times like you're no, Then to. Matt Eberflus would probably say let's put Peterman in there. He's got a huge arm. <laughs> or let's pull uh, let's make uh, Deontay Foreman inactive. Let's put right. tra- let's put Trav- <coughs> Travis Homer in there. Let's do that. It's just th- there's too many issues with this team where and that are self inflicted gun wounds created from Getzy and from Eberflus. And I, listen, I'm not saying that again that Bajan and and Fields should be free of blame because they're not Justin's got a lot of things that he needs to work on. And Greg, I'll ask you this. You brought it up a little bit early, earlier, kind of let's say the bears have the number one pick in the draft and the season ended. Do you think that Justin Fields is the quarterback next year? No, no, not at all. And, and people are going to, now that you say that people are going to call you a Justin Fields hater. And it's not that it's just not, you're you're looking at exactly nobody wants Justin Fields to to do nobody better than was I more, do. I nobody exactly. was more hyped. Go read my article uh, before they played the Packers. My goodness, I mm-hmm. I believed in this, but at the end of the day, the clock is ticking. And you know, people loved my rant against the Bron- when we lost mm-hmm. to the Broncos week two, where I harped on Eberflus and Luke Getzey. And a part of that rant wasn't as much as I was disappointed in the coaches. There was also the, the realization had washed over me that this wasn't going to work out because now it's now all of a sudden it made sense to me that the clock is now officially ticking. The hourglass has turned over and the sand is trickling out on this whole dream that we all had as bears fans that Justin Fields would lead us to a super bowl mainly because a, you got to figure out if you want to pay this guy like you're talking about. And B, what we didn't know in the offseason, that the Carolina Panthers were unequivocally going to be the worst team in football. And right. we were going to have an opportunity again to have the number one pick. Those are two variables that you just have to consider no, mo- no matter how much of a meatball you are for Justin Fields. Yeah, and, and financials are going to be a big determining factor in that. And should it be? Probably it should be a part of it. It all depends on how these guys look at Caleb Williams and Drake may now myself, I'm on record of saying I am not moving off Justin Fields for Drake may. That's where I am right now. I have a lot of time. I haven't dove into him completely, 
and we'll get into that more as we get along here but i'm on record of saying that i just i i'm not there i i've seen way too much in justin to say now i'm just and that includes paying him i can't just dismiss everything because my faith in the coaching staff is so negligible at this point it's not even registering and that's who is with him every single day that's who's around him every single day that's who is developing him every single day i just feel like if you bring in like we said if you bring in would you would you have a lot more faith in justin fields the quarterback if he was with jim harbaugh every day i would right and it's that simple Sometimes I think we, you know, I'm an Occam's razor guy. Sometimes the simplest solution, it's not all these conspiracy theories. And we got to go deep down into this hole to, it's just a simple solution. Matt Eberflus isn't a head coach. He's a defensive coordinator. Luke Getze could be a quarterback coach for a hall of fame quarterback and make himself look a lot better than he is. And neither one of them should be in positions of power as a leader of a team and the leader of an offense that simple yeah i i um i'm definitely with you on that regard so that surprises me a little bit and uh, you know uh because i know how dialed in you can get into the draft uh even before the offseason has begun and you're looking at caleb williams and drake may because that was the other you know question i was going to put to task on you is you know so you you drew up a scenario with fields coming back if if a guy like jim harbaugh wanted to bring him back which i think is interesting then the other scenario now that you just brought up is that you're not taking Drake may over and instead of keeping, you're going to keep Justin Fields over Drake may, which I, I find very interesting because I think a lot of bears fans, whether it's one or two are going to take one of these two quarterbacks yep. and just see what happens. That's, that's so, fine. I've, I've, I've got a lot of misses on my resume, just like everybody does, but right. that's, that's an, another thing that people fall into is there's going to be, people on your network, people on my network. Sometimes people look at it and let's just say that they'll look at somebody and they don't like them. But then as soon as they become a Chicago bear, they're like, Oh, you know, now I, now I get it. I I'm never played that game. I'm not going to be like that. I'm just, I have no problem admitting that I'm going to keep Justin over Drake man. And to me, the way that I analyze things, I don't think that that's, a ridiculous statement to make. There's probably a lot of people that think it is that it is nuts, but that that's just me. Cause I think Justin Fields is an extremely talented quarterback. The number one thing that's holding him back right now is the financial decision and the processing speed. It's uh, well, it always and, goes and back the, to the and same the thing. In, and the injury aspect. And the, absolutely. That's the third one. But that to me, that can go back to, his warts, but that, that can also go back to coaching because you want to put him in positions that you can protect him from himself at times. Yep. And are the bears always doing that? And clearly they're not. Yeah. Because well, get in 12 personnel and, and let's go dance. Chicago can't figure it out. We'll do it for a game, do it for maybe two games, but then you know what? We're going to pull the carpet out from, underneath everybody against Minnesota, who everybody knew was going to blitz, 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 blitz. 
Nope. Let's run play action eight times. Let's do it <laughs> once for Justin and seven times, seven yeah. times for the next. Let's, let's have a guy come off the line free release, even though the quarterback knows he's coming, but also knowing that Justin Fields every once in a while is going to freeze up in a moment like that. Let's have a running back on uh, one of the top pass rushers in football go, you know, head to head with him instead of, like you said, 12 man personnel and get some bigger bodies to take care of that kind of look on the defensive end, you know? And, and so I I'm with you. And then they, they stuck with the game plan here this week with Tyson Bajan, but it's also an execution standpoint early in the season when they tried to run it against the Packers, you know, what similar, it was a very similar game plan. If you look at the Packers game plan to yesterday's game plan, it was the same one. The difference was execution. You know, you got chase Claypool, you know, barely putting any effort into blocking that. And, and you had a guy starting at at running back that should have been starting from day one in Chicago. And that's another thing that we talked about over at TTNL and people got pissed off because people were in love with Khalil Herbert, Khalil Herbert. Phil said it perfectly. He he's the relief pitcher. He's the guy that you're going to bring him in. He should be your change of pace guy. And there's nothing wrong with that. He was great in that role last year. Right. It's fine. Deontay Foreman should have started from day one, but the bears do the bears things. They want to force a guy. And listen, he, he had some nice games. Go back to what did they say all off season long about Khalil Herbert? Oh, his pass his his pass uh, protection has improved so much. Go watch the first play of the game this year against Green Bay or of the season this year against Green Bay. Go watch what Khalil Herbert does. Run it back. Play number one. He whiffs. That's who he is. And then you go out and you make Deontay Foreman uh, a signing and then you play him for a game and then he's sitting down. Yeah. What do we do that? It's coaching malpractice. It, it honestly is. Yep. And that's where we are. And we're supposed to trust this staff to unlock Justin Fields and to, to, to help him along. There's no perfect guy out there. there. Most of these guys have warts. Jalen Hurts isn't the Jalen Hurts of last year right now. Granted, he's playing with a knee injury, but come on. Sometimes you got you to gotta help the guy. And I don't think he's getting a lot of help in Chicago coaching wise. No, I, I completely agree with you. It's something we've talked about for a while here. Um, EV EV warrior in the chat. Who is this guy? Well, this is my guy, Shane Marsaw. He's from the tape. Never lies network. Uh, does great job covering the bears and has for a very long time. And he's part of the reason that he created this monster in me. Uh, I, um, him and draft Dr. Phil took me under the wing a long time ago, five years ago. And now they all have to deal with me on bears Twitter and on podcasts alike. So uh, I appreciate Shane coming on. Make sure you're following him on Twitter at Wassram. Uh, he does great work at the tape. Never lies network. Another uh, shout out. I want to give is over to DraftKings. The NBA tip off is uh, upon us. Make sure you're using the code CHGO when you sign up. NBA fans, the wait is over. Basketball is back and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports bet betting partner of the NBA, is celebrating an unbeatable offer. New customers can score $200 instantly in bonus bets for throwing down just $5 on the NBA. Win or lose, it doesn't matter. You'll start the season with an instant dub, even if the Bulls do not. Let's hope they do. 
Uh, and with DraftKings parlays, everyone's got a shot at even bigger basketball wins. String together multiple bets from the same game or build your parlay across multiple games for a shot at making your payday even sweeter. Basketball's more fun when you're in on the action. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the code CHGO. New customers can get $200 in bonus bets instantly for betting just $5 only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code CHGO. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort. Licensee partner, Golden Nugget, Lake Charles, 21 and over. Age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after assurance. See sportsbook.draftkings.com slash basketball terms for eligibility and deposit restriction terms and responsible gaming resources. Uh, I still said assurance instead of issuance, which Mark Carmen is going to kick my ass and make fun of me all day about tomorrow. Didn't you love the part where you said if you have problems you can call connecticut isn't that what we all do <laughs> yes that's what we all do if we have problems we call draft dr phil in connecticut and he helps us through those um so yeah you know moving on we have a few um super chats that came in uh one for two dollar super chat for Mises seagull two favorite podcasts in one love you guys bear down thanks man. uh yeah we appreciate it uh joe calcagno 499 super chat devil's advocate why is it a sure thing the coaches are gone? They got shredded. They got a shredded roster year one and are seven games into a rebuilt roster. Shane, your thoughts? It just comes down to game planning. And I, it, it's very, very simple. Like I said, everybody's talked about it and I don't understand why you would get out of 12 personnel as much as they do versus the Minnesota Vikings. I mean, to me, it's, it's, it's coaching malpractice. It means you're in over your head as a leader of men in, in Eberflus. Doesn't mean that he can't be a DC. Like I said, Luke Getze, it just seems to me like if you have a player, you're going to say, all right, you're going to fit into my system and that's it. Well, this is what you have right now. If you're worth anything as a football coach, you're going to adapt your system to the players that you have and let them flourish with what they do. Are they doing that in Chicago? I don't feel like it because if you're getting out of 12 and going into 11 against a team that's blitzing 73% of the time, you tell me where that makes sense. It doesn't make sense to me. Right. And if you want to go down a deeper rabbit hole, why should they be around? Because, well, maybe Trace Armstrong shouldn't be making decisions for the Chicago bears. Cause it seems like that could very well be exactly what happened. Yep, Ryan Cole's agent, Trace Armstrong, Matt Eberflus agent, Trace Armstrong. And sure. if you're doing a rebuild, should everybody be doing their job for the first time in that position? doesn't seem like a great mix to me. No, they're the, you know, when the, when everybody's kind of represented by the same person and, and then that, that person, Trace Armstrong has ties to the bears, where's the checks and balances, right? You know, when you talk about, 
you know, I, I've always talked about, you know, when they bring in Ernie Accorsi or Bill Polian to, to make their decision on a coach or whoever coming in or a GM, they have no ties to the organization. So they can say whatever they want and then they don't have to wear the responsibility if it doesn't work out. You know, now you have this, you know, you talk about checks and balances with these guys, you know, uh, George famously said when, when Mark, Mark, uh, potash pots, he was yeah. like, well, who do you report to? Well, I report to the board. Well, the board is, you know, um, consists Cass. of your family <laughs> and yeah. your mom. Like if, if I was reporting, if my boss was my mom, I'd be getting a raise every other day, you know, <laughs> like she, Absolutely. she'd be like, well, Greg's doing such a great job, you know? So like, I, you know, I, I yeah, think I'm not a football to- guy. I'm just a fan. Well, thanks, George. You've grown up with this and you, you need to go out that let's say they launch the coaching staff. If Kevin Warren goes out and hires a search firm, I'm going to have a big problem with it. Yes. Immediately. Yes. And we will address it the same day that they announce that <laughs> that would be a bit, but you know what I mean, Greg, but, but that's the point is, and this is where I will give George McCaskey credit was hiring Kevin Warren. Wasn't exactly something that is, in my opinion, what his reputation has been. Right. You know, so I'll give him that you're, credit. You're speaking of your guys, your guy, Dan Weeder and uh, David Haw went on their podcast and openly laughed and chuckled to themselves when they heard that, Oh, there's a rumor out there that the Bears are interested in Kevin Warren. He's never going to leave his post in the Big Ten making $7 million a year. That is so anti-Chicago Bears, and they, they laughed about it. And what happened? It's exactly what happened. And, you, and, what, and is I, he, what is he known for? He's known for his connections, and obviously they're interested in his ability to get a stadium built. But again, this goes back to just like you said, in winning, building momentum, you need to build momentum off the field too with this deal. Who do you think moves the meter more, Greg, next year? Matt Eberflus? Or if you bring in a guy like Jim Harbaugh? Oh, well, yeah, definitely Jim Harbaugh. Exactly. You know, he's going to... And you know, could potentially have the number one... What If the draft was today, we're drafting what, two and four? Or number no, one, and, number one, and, one, and, one and three. One and three, that's what it was, yeah. Yep. My bad. But yeah, so that that's called positive momentum. Then the hard part is you got to hit on them. Yeah, uh, that's definitely the hard part. The Bears have shown that. So, you know, and I guess the other aspect of that question, as far as you know, giving the coaching, like, well, you know, trying to play devil's advocate to it. You alluded to this a little bit earlier, as far as the defense starting to turn a corner. Is there any kind of hope? I know we've talked about his head coaching overall prowess. Mm-hmm. But Alan Williams, since he's been gone, I mean, if you look, the Washington game, the Vikings game, and now here on Sunday, they've been a lot better. And that also coincided with the secondary getting healthier. I mean, they, their their entire secondary was depleted across the board with yep. Josh Blackwell, Kyler Gordon, Eddie Jackson, Jalen Johnson. That's a lot of injuries to try to overcome. So do you think when you talk about, you know, playing to the strengths of your team. Mm-hmm. Are they doing that on the defensive end now that they've gotten some guys healthy? We all understand their defensive line is a struggle. Um, you know, has been a struggle here these last two years and still mm-hmm. a work in progress. But it seems like the linebackers are really starting to play some football. The secondary is starting to play really good football. You know, 
Are you encouraged by what the defense has been since Matt Eberflus took over for play calling? Well, I'm glad they're not inept, but let's, again, this is me. And if you guys have ever watched us, and I know that Greg, Greg has, but if like for the guy that had no idea who I, who I was, Phil at TTNL Network looks at everything more through a coach's eyes. I look at everything more, I don't want to say analytically, but I look at everything more as a through GM. A, no, through a cynical asshole's eyes. No, I'm yeah. kidding. <laughs> right. But what I would ask you is, Greg, so they played better against Denver. They played better against Washington. And so Matt Eberflus has won five games in the NFL. Right. And the quarterbacks that he's beat are Trey Lance, Davis Mills, Oh boy. Mac Jones, Sam Howell, and Brian Hoyer. <laughs> do you see it? Do you see anything there that is consistent? No. I mean, so, beating, beating Bill Belichick, I guess, was the big, the big oh, win sure, in the Patriots sure. game. But, but yeah, Mac Jones. Yeah, and Billy Zappi, or not Billy, Bailey, Bailey Zappi yeah, got yeah. involved in the game there too. Yeah, he he was but, having a Tyson Bajit moment at that time. Go out and have a have an excellent game against Justin Herbert, and then I'll be more excited. Do it against an I extremely agree. talented quarterback. Brian Hoyer moving that. Hey, do, do I love to see it? Yeah, the defensive line is not sustainable. And I'm out there saying, and I'm on record again, and I know this is horrible timing for me to bring this up. And Jalen Johnson said today that his representatives are talking to the Bears about a potential extension that was put out there tonight. My thing that I put out there is, and there's a lot of warts with the guy, but... If you called Washington and said, we'll give you Jalen Johnson for Chase Young, and I know that there's an injury history there that you have to, you medically, he has to check out. You're not going to go anywhere. You're not going to be any teams with legitimate big-time quarterbacks with this defensive line. They're not even playing Demarcus Walker in the proper place. He's not an end, and we said that all offseason. He should be a, a guy that's playing spot duty periodically outside. He should be your pass rushing three technique all day long. And they're not doing that because their defensive line sucks. Yep. So would you rather take the gamble on a free agent and chase young or stay with Jalen Johnson and, and pay him because you've invested into the secondary very heavily. Yep. You have and they're, Terrell and they're, Smith and they're, there. Yeah, they're encouraged by Terrell Smith. I mean, and he looked, you know, he looked good at camp and he stepped up when the injuries occurred. So it is becoming a numbers game, similar to the way it became for, you know, uh, David Montgomery and uh, Roquan Smith, you know? And so in my opinion, would I pay Jalen? Yeah, I like Jalen. So I'd pay him just because I'm a would fan. Would you trade and I like commanders for Chase Young straight up? I mean, if if you were to promise me Chase Young was healthy, sure. In that well, scenario, you're gonna you know, have I, to rely on your doctors. But is I mean, just so let's just, just say straight you got, up. Let's just say, well, it may you'd probably have to throw in something extra just because of the the position. But I mean, they wouldn't be anything too big. But let's just say that your doctors cleared him medically, because if you're trading for him, you're you're extending him, and he's 24 years old, just like Jalen Johnson is. Right. Are you better moving forward with Jalen? 
who, hey, he had his best game of his career. He had the two picks, and I, and I understand it. I was on record saying this before the game, but I think if you're looking at it from a broad sense, I think you 100% have well, to make and, that and trade. I, and I like that you know idea just because last year you got a second-round pick for Roquan Smith. Maybe not the second and a fifth and a linebacker you got for him. Right. So in that, in that regard, what are you in a, in a, you know, what are you going to get from a team from a draft perspective? If you weren't to get a player and it was only draft picks, what's the value you're getting from Jalen Johnson? You're not moving him for anything less than a second round pick. And, and, but do you think he'd get that on the market? Oh, a 24 year old corner. Yeah. In today in a passing league. Yeah. See, cause I, I, I question that I, I, I like to me, Roquan Smith was such a proven like Jalen Johnson has what did all Roquan the prove though. What did he, did he make a pro bowl here? Yeah. I no, mean, I, he didn't No, but Jalen was a nice line. He was a nice linebacker. Do you think he proved more than Jalen has up to this point? Cause like we understand Jalen's talent. Cause we're close. Did Roquan have enough sp- splash plays in Chicago? No. No, as Jalen, no. he, he racked up the tackles, but he didn't get so Tremaine, Tremaine Edmonds is racking up tackles too. Yep. So if he gets a second round pick, then maybe you take the pick and not the player. If it's anything less than a second round pick, then when you talk about yeah, if you to trade get, him for a third, uh, you trade him for a third rounder or, uh, uh, you know, a pick swap of some sort. No, I'm, Cause Second I, cause I don't, cause I don't think they're going to come to an agreement financially. I think okay. we're running into the same situation. I mean, when he says I want to get paid like one of the top corners in the league, which he has every right to say that I don't think he doesn't have a right to say that though. He shouldn't be paid like one of the best corners. Well, I'm just league. saying he, he can say it if he wants. Oh, and, he can say you know, it. Right. You know, he's supposed yeah. to try to push for as much as he, he can possibly get. That's what negotiating right. is. You start high and hope they meet you somewhere respectable, but I don't think Ryan Poles is going to come up to a place that he's comfortable with is I think where this is going. Yeah, He's getting, and we know that Ryan Poles is going to have his number just like he yep. did, just like he did with Roquan and that that's and, and, and Montgomery who were both offered contracts. David Montgomery, they wanted back. And I don't think Phil will mind me saying this. We, we have a very strong connection to, David Montgomery. The Bears wanted David Montgomery back, offered him a deal. David Montgomery did not want to be a Chicago Bear. Wow. That's why he's not here. But, and that doesn't surprise me just because, like, as bad as the Bears have been, why would you? But at the same time, then it doesn't really make sense what he was saying in the offseason then. Well, and listen, you have to look at it too, is the the he was such a franchise changer. You know, listen, I love David. The, the person and the player. I think he's a good running back. The Detroit Lions looked at him as a solid piece so much. They loved him so much. They drafted a running back at number 12, six weeks after they signed. Right. So yeah. it's, and, and, and when you talk about, you know, Williams last year, I mean, what do you have? 15 touchdowns, you know, in the same role. So exactly. like they, and, and what's he, I mean, I know he's been hurt. He's on the same. And David Montgomery before his big game, what was it last week or two weeks ago? That big game that he had, I think he ran for a while. Was it like 150 and two or three touchdowns or maybe yeah. it was like 135? 
Yeah, I'm like 33 carries, but in, in a great game. I, uh, but he a brought traditional workhorse. Game. He brought his career yards per carry up to 4.0 in that game. Right. And that's not, I'm not shitting on David, but I think because he's such a, a great guy and he's a hard worker and he's a, a, a try hard guy, I think a lot of times fans fall in love with that and they let sure. that cloud their perspective on the guy yeah yep. yeah so no i agree and and you know i wish him the best even though he's on the line so i guess i don't i wish him the worst even though i like him nice guy but would you so i'm calling you're the gm of the commanders which they're yeah ter- I mean, they're yeah. terrible and, so and, is, and he's healthy I'm, i'll make that trade why not because only because the, the the other aspect of it is not just because like oh I think Chase is better than Jalen I just don't think that Ryan Poles is going to come up to whatever price Jalen Johnson wants mm-hmm. and I don't want to lose him for just a compensatory pick you know I want to try to get my team better now whether that's a guy like Chase Young which I think is an interesting angle or a draft pick to add to you know this off season which if you thought last off season was monumental for this franchise we're running into that once yeah. again and it's almost twofold when you consider two first round picks and the same type of money they had to spend last year they're going to have again to spend this year so you know if i had to so then if i put your feet to the fire is jalen johnson in the next 10 days is before the trade deadline do you think that jalen johnson will get traded i kind of feel like he will i do because i think i'm a guy that looks into uh, when they asked, like Sylvie asked Eberflus today, you know, is he a huge part of your team moving forward? Is he the type of corner that you want? Um, he was on, I forget who he was on with somebody else, and they asked him flat out. And I understand he, his his default is, well, I'm not going to talk about contracts. Jalen was on with 670, I think, every month. Yeah, well, Jalen was, but I'm talking about Eberflus. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I understand you're not going to talk about contracts, but guess what? If, let's just say, pick pick a player. Let's just say if, you know, the pairs are so de- depleted. I mean, over. let's just say DJ Moore was a free agent. Okay, I know he's not. But let's say DJ Moore was going into a contract year. Right. What would they say? And they said, hey, coach, do you think he's a big part of what you're doing moving forward? Right. Matt Eberflus would say, yeah, we love it. Everything about we we definitely want him here as a part of what we are doing. He's when we put DJ Moore's name up on the board, it's got a Chicago bear. He is what we are about. He is what we want to be. Did I hear that from Eberflus about Jalen Johnson and people's perspective is going to get clouded because of the two picks against Brian Hoyer. Let's not forget. <laughs> Let's not forget. Go yeah, out and, and do, go out and, and do this. Go out and do this against Justin and, Herbert. And I, and I like Jalen. Um, I do too. I, I like Jalen. I've come across his brother a few times at camp. Really good dude. I root for both of them. Me and Jalen have had this competition with the paper rock yeah. scissors at camp. Uh, I think he's up to one on me right now. So I, I truly like Jalen, but I, you know, I'm also not going to sugarcoat. I'm not mad. At so if he was my friend, not close friends with this guy, I'm friendly with him at camp. But if I was a close friend to him, like I don't love him taking his helmet off after he gets the pick, like, 
you know, that's fine. You want to make yeah. the pay me sign all for it. But you get, you can't fall, you can't fall flat this week now. Right. Well, yeah, exactly. You got to back it up. But the, the helmet thing, like, I don't know. Do they even flag that anymore? Was that not a penalty because he's off? He the wasn't field? on the field. of play. Okay. That's uh, why. Oh, he, the, if you go back and you look at that, when he took his, he was helmet, about to take it off. He looked down. <laughs> yeah. Right, he right. looked down. Okay. Real quick. So the rule is all right. Since he knew the rule. Now I'm going to backtrack since he knew the rule that he could get off the field, take his helmet off. Cause I was sitting there like, please don't get a penalty here. Um, but he knew the rule. So you know what? I'm going to wipe away any criticism I have for taking the helmet off. Even though like for me, the pay me thing. All right. But like, don't, don't dress it up too high. You know, just keep letting your play do the talking. But at the end of the day, you're in a tough negotiation against the team you want, you know, want to get the money from. So, you know, this is your way of making a statement and he's worked really hard this off season. He knows that if he's going to get paid by Chicago, he's going to get that money right now. Right. And then that removes some of the risk. You know what I mean? If the bears are motivated to extend him, he's going to get new paper now that's going to kick in. But here's the, here's the rub, Greg. And this is what we have to, and again, this is me removing myself as a fan and putting my GM hat on, looking at it from a broader perspective. Josh Lucas was on with everybody, and this was this. I got to bring Justin into this too. He said, "Did the Bears make moves to improve things for Justin Fields? Yes, they did. Did they go above and beyond and do absolutely everything in their power for Justin Fields to be better? No, they did not. They didn't go above and beyond." They did leave gray area there. So now I ask you this. What position has Ryan Poles and Ian Cunningham and Matt Eberflus invested in the most in the draft? In the DB. Draft. Yeah, DB. Yep. Jaquan Brisker, Kyler Gordon, Tyree Terrell Smith, Terrell Smith. Yeah, Williamson at the end of the draft. It's, it's a pretty long list. And you got to throw you, you have to throw Blackwell in there who they pulled off of Phillies. Uh, they claimed him from the Eagles. They wanted to put him on the practice squad. Chicago claimed him. Jalen Johnson, the end of the day is not their guy. Just like Justin Fields is not their guy. Right. Those things right, wrong or indifferent matter. To general, it doesn't mean that Ryan Poles is right. It doesn't mean that Matt Eberflus is right. They want their guys. If you were in a position of power at CHGO, you want to go down fighting with your guys. Somebody says, oh, this dude's pretty good that's been here, and you have no idea who he is. Are you going to trust the guy completely? Right. You're not going to. You want to go down fighting with your guys. Right now, is Jalen Johnson their guy? If he's their guy, they're going to pay him. They've had plenty of time. Yep. They wanted to see more. Same thing with Darnell Mooney. And I love yeah. Darnell Mooney. That's the I other one. That's the other guy that, uh, you know, could be a sleeper depending on what they could get for him. It'd be really interesting. Uh, we have, a, we have a couple more uh, super chats here that I want to get through and then we'll close this out for the night. Let you get back to your beautiful family and um you know get to this monday night football game uh we got mohammed elmi 499 super chat can i ask when laser was calling plays i wasn't seeing him hold on to the ball is it mental right now it's just been 
Justin has always held onto the ball, not even just as a Chicago Bear. He did it. He could afford to do it in Ohio State because they had, you know, an elite offensive line. They had elite playmakers, but he there was some listen, there's plays where Justin gets the ball out fast. You saw the the one touchdown to the back corner of the end zone against Washington with yep. DJ Moore. He got it out. It, that was an anticipatory throw. Yep. Beautiful ball. It's about being consistent. Yep. Was Tyson Beijing getting the ball out quick? Yes, he was. Yep. And does that mean he's a better quarterback than Justin Fields? Of course it doesn't. Right. Because there was one play that my guy, Gary Ross has been in the chat. He circled Cole Komet wide open in the middle of the field, but Tyson took the check down on the left mm -hmm. side in the flat. And okay. He missed, he missed a guy, but he also got the ball out fast, got it to somebody made a completion. And, and that was the thing you want to talk about all the things Tyson Bajan did. Well, it was avoiding the negative plays as Absolutely. a as much as the little positive one when he thing, rolled out and he was going down and he tried to throw it out. I was, I'm like, that's getting, that's getting housed. And it ended up falling incomplete. And that was my one pass from Tyson. I'm like, Oh Jesus, right. dude, you it, cannot do that. And he, he survived it. Yeah. You know? And you can look back to last week with the, the Tyler Scott one. When they're like, oh, he's thrown out out of bounds, and then boom, here comes Tyler Scott out of nowhere, and and saved him there. Yep. But yeah, it's we'll see, man. Yeah, and, and when it comes to Fields, as far as yeah, I I do think part of it is just it's just like when you know it's when you get this deep into your career, three years, and you're in your second year of the offense with Luke Getzey, and they're trying to throw more at you. I mean, he said it himself a few weeks ago. Too much information coming at me, too much data coming at me. And I appreciated his honesty, yeah. but that just goes to show you, like, they're trying to break all this down in the film room. They're trying to apply it in the game. They're trying to pre-snap read this stuff. You got the the coaches talking in your in your ear before the snap until the 15-second cutoff. There's all these things happening, and Justin Fields is only at a certain part of his progression in his career. And he admitted like, this is just too much for me. So when you're a rookie, they're not throwing that much at you. And it's a little easier at that time to just grip it and rip it because any rookie, whether you're from the big 10 or from shepherd, they're going to keep the, the playbook small. They're going to dial up a game plan that you understand. And they're not going to try to stray too far off of it, but coaches have egos just like players have egos. And once you get to a certain point, they're going to try to elevate you to the next level of Absolutely. what they think their genius game plan is. We saw this with Matt Nagy and Mitch Trubisky, but it wasn't just them. You can go all the way back to Mike Martz and well, Jay Cutler and look how long it took for those two to get it get right. It. And that's the thing, Greg, you can go back. And like I said, everybody was positive when the bears, it was clear that the bears were moving on from Mitch. What did that? All the fans. Oh, you wait till Shanahan gets his hands on Mitch. Right. They're going to the, wait till Belichick gets his hands on Mitch. They're going to the Super Bowl. Neither one of them were even interested. Right. In Mitch. Justin Fields is a to me is a better prospect. Clearly, than Mitch. But again, fans are falling into the same trap. And I've said that a million times, even about fields. I've said it about Mitch and fields. Well, if you put them on San Francisco, but we brought this up with Corey Wooten last week, I'm at a point now where I'm done talking about that because 
You know, I think San Francisco has proved to this point. If you put any quarterback in that system, they're going to look pretty good, you know, because it, well, except for Trey Lance, but you know what? If he had stayed healthy, I'm sure they would have figured out how to move the ball. Would he have been the greatest quarterback ever? Maybe, maybe not, but I do know that they would have been competitive and they would have moved the ball and they would have scored touchdowns. You know, that's just what they do in San Francisco. And that's, you know, the extreme example of what every team should want to be as far as a system and a coach that understands the chess match of calling plays, right. you know, and, and at this point the bears haven't found that guy yet. So uh, we got two more here. My guy, Brad Hassey stood up in his wedding. Uh, he's uh, stood up in mine. Good friend of mine did Tyson Bajan prove he could throw downfield in college. In the, against division two. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it, it's a, yeah, nice he has game. the most touchdowns. I think Tyson Bajan has more than enough arm. To, to play in the NFL. I think it was John Wood on Twitter saying that he's never going to be any more than a QB two because Matt Eberflus pulled him out before half. I'm like, just, just stop. Yeah. That you, was, that you're was making bizarre. it bizarre. It's fucking dumb. How about that? Yeah. It's just, it's really dumb. And John's a smart dude. That was a really dumb comment. John's a, a quarterback guru off of one play. And because he sat in a training camp practice and Tyson threw the ball short into the, into the bucket of what three or four times he said, can arm strength improve? Yeah. Go watch Tom Brady and tell me if his arm strength improved. Yes. hundred percent. It can, but you've already pigeonholed and said that this kid at best is just going to be a QB two because of his arm strength, because an inept head, head coach pulled him out of the game. Just like, Hey, why did, why did uh, Nathan Peterman kneel the ball coach? Oh, you know, we, we, we like to do that. We wanted to get Nathan a rep. Yeah. I what? Yeah. I didn't like that as much as the halftime thing. Let Tyson Bajan get You're his victory right. formation. Exactly. You're a hundred percent right there. Um, Yeah. That, that whole thing. Um, and then you can tell Tyson Bajan took exception. I mean, the whole media room laughed about it when they were like, you know, and he's like, no, I got a cannon and everybody laughs. Yeah. No, this kid's got confidence in himself. He believes yeah. that he can do it. He wasn't joking. He might've said it somewhat in jest, but you know, he was serious about what he's capable of. So right. that whole thing was certainly didn't you feel bad for Deontay Foreman. Oh, I got one more. When he's yeah. handing out the game balls. I'm like, Jesus. <laughs> And he's like, yeah, I had to sit for a minute before I, you're damn right. I was glad Deontay spoke up like that. Yeah. So, you know, well, victory Monday, and it feels good to have one here. Um, see if the bears can get their first winning streak in the Matt Eberflus era, which is Let's insane see. to say. Be the first uh, and, and, and like, quarterback he's ever right. beaten. And that's, I think the better point, you know, is, is to take down an actual quarterback on the road too. It's a tall order not going to show my hand on what I think the bears will do. Cause then my guys will copy off me and we're in a, oh, we're I, already, in a I already know what you we're you, in a, you ain't picking them to win. <laughs> we'll see. I'm not showing my hand because then Car Mark Carm is going to copy off me and we're in a dead tie right now. Now, isn't it Carm the biggest closet Tyson Bajan? Fan oh, it's, it's out of the closet. Or? Now it's over. Like he was hiding for a while. Uh, but he for a cannot... while it was started in July. Yeah, right? no, because you were right on Tyson Bajan at you know the draft, but then 
Mark Carmen falls in love with him at minicamp. And, you know, he's been kind of like, you know, feet halfway in the water on this thing. But now that, you know, everything's come to pass here in the last week and a half, he has been, I'm not going to say insufferable because I'm enjoying how excited Mark Carmen is about this. And he does think and he's some kind of quarterback whisperer because he, uh, you know, like some fans, including myself, thought that Josh McCown should start over Jay Cutler once upon a time. Mm -hmm. I was also one of those people, even though we didn't know each other at the time. I don't know how you felt about that situation. Uh, but now, oh, now with Tyson Bajan, he's thinking he's like some quarterback whisperer here in the city. Yeah, well, we all know that <laughs> nobody's a quarterback whisperer. <laughs> we don't know what a good quarterback looks like. We just know what exactly. bad ones look like. So, uh, but no, I've been excited for Mark. It, it, it's been fun to. Oh no, I'm a, I'm a I'm a Carm fan. I just know that you've. You oh, I've been I, begging him. Like, you and I have talked. I've been begging yeah. him, like, just let it out. Let your ba and he's sang a song in the preseason, so it wasn't like he was making it a complete secret. We gotta, we gotta get him over to the dark side on TTNL for a for a oh, spot. And we'll, yes, we definitely we'll, we'll gotta get Mark. I definitely want to get Mark in a room with you and Phil because I know you guys would hit it off. And then Phil and him can just sing songs all night, whatever parody <laughs> songs come to their head. So uh that wraps things up. There was one more chat that I'm sure you're just going to love here. Isaac Pappas, CHGO Bears After Dark with Braggs' doppelganger. How does okay. that make you feel that somebody thinks you look like me? Well, I know Jenny Braggs calls me all the time. <laughs> oh, and here we go. Barb, she lives gonna, here. Barb almost, lives here, practically. I almost ended this show without you making a mom joke. Yeah. And then I walked right into it. You know, yeah. typical. So, all right. Well, that wraps things up uh, here at CSGO Bears After Dark. Make sure you hit the subscribe button, hit the like. Uh, thank you to everybody in the chat that hung out uh, all night long. And uh, we'll catch you here at noon coming up tomorrow afternoon. We got Cole Komet in studio. We're going to talk to him about the win on Sunday and, and what to expect here coming up against the Chargers on Sunday night football. So stay tuned for more announcements here on the live event we have coming up on Sunday. Uh, and then of course our final tailgate coming up on November 9th, that Thursday night game uh, against the Carolina Panthers. So uh, victory Monday. Thank you to Shane Marsaw from the tape. Never lies network for coming on here tonight. Thank you again to everybody for tuning in. We'll see you tomorrow and bear down. <laughs> Y'all silly like the mayor.